This is Listen and Learn or Not. Over there is Claire. Hello. Hello. And over there is Coach Lori. Hello. And we are missing our Anna D because she is so, um, so good at her job that she's having to do other people's job too this week. <laughs> yeah. She's so. a good egg. She is a... Uh, She's good people, and uh, you know what? She's one of those people that you can count on when you need them, and so she's being counted on. Yes, absolutely. So we may as well jump right in with uh, those football jerseys that are flying off the shelves. This is crazy. So very interesting week here, and it's Pride Month. So, um, you know, a lot of these, this is typically the time of year when some of this stuff happens, but every once in a while, I am absolutely floored. And uh, there is a football player named Carl Nassib. Uh, who plays for the LA Raiders, and uh, he's not a rookie. He's he's been around for a few years, and he came out as gay this week. And uh, for people who were like, well, wasn't there a guy that did that a few years ago? Yes, there was. There was a very, very brave uh, man at the time, a college student named Michael Sam, who came out as gay before the uh, NFL draft. And there much was made about that. There was a lot of attention, and the LA Rams ended up taking him uh, wait, no, I think it was then the St. Louis Rams. <laughs> I can't remember now uh, who ended up taking him. And uh, he never ended up playing. He he didn't make the team, really, and so he never played a game. And so Carl Nassib now has the distinction of being the first, like, active sort of veteran football player to come out and say, yeah, I'm gay. I've always been gay, and everybody knows it except for the public, and now the public knows. And, and what he said touched me so much that he's like, I'm still a private person, I didn't do this for attention. I did it because visibility and representation matter. And this is something we touched on last week when we talked about pride, but this comes up a lot, not just for gay rights, for everyone, for people of color, uh, for, for all kinds of ethnicities, for everybody to see yourself represented, especially in something you aspire to, whether it's sports or business or entertainment, to think I am different, I'm never going to get anywhere because I'm different, and to see somebody performing at a high level and coming out and being proud of who who they are, that is why he did it, and I'm I'm so thrilled. And on top of that, he announced that he was making a one hundred thousand dollar donation to the Trevor Project, which is a organization that works to fight um, uh, suicide amongst um, LBGT questioning youth, mm-hmm. um, and the National Football League matched that donation, which is pretty amazing. Yes. And on the day that he came out on Monday, all his football jersey was the number one selling item uh for uh is it Fanatics? I think it's Fanatics that that uh that tracks the jersey sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that's pretty amazing in the age of Tom Brady <laughs> to, to to have the top selling jersey even if it's just for a couple of days. Right. Yeah, that was pretty amazing to uh see that report that you know they're flying off the shelves. Yeah. So. so cool. It's so cool and it and honestly I don't think it goes too far to say it's life-saving. It really is life-saving. Yeah. Uh, his his donation to the Trevor project is is not a coincidence. Uh this is real life and death for for the gay community because that is my experience. But I know that this is in so many other communities as well, where you are you are bullied or you are the other, and you right. never get to to be yourself, and um, especially not to dream of of doing something so amazing. And um, you know, we've talked a lot of on 
listen and learn or not about, I know Anna was, you know, talked about, you know, why does Colorado have such a high instance of, of suicide among youth? And, and it's something that is, has touched all of us on, on our podcast in a way. And it's touched so many people, regardless of the reasons or, or the background of people who take their own life. It is, it is preventable. It, it can be preventable in certain, certain circumstances. That's what their Trevor project does. And I just love that, that that's where Carl Nassib, you know, put his effort to is saying, look, this is a matter of life and death. Let's choose life. Right. Exactly. And and that's why being private and coming out was such a big deal because mm-hmm. of his message there. And, you know, I think that now there there's a lot to be said for people that come out in jobs that people wouldn't assume gay men would be doing. Right. Is that, is that off? Uh, am I being like... No. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's, you know, my only experience is as a woman, but um, anecdotally, I've observed that it's much more difficult for men to come out than it is for women in in certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. That's not across the board, but there are certain things where it's impossible for them. There is, there are a lot of people, I worked in country music for a long time, country radio, and there are artists, male and female, that are gay. And people, all the everyone around them knows it, but the fans don't know. Mm. Um, recently, uh, T.J. Osborne came out. He's one of the Osborne brothers, oh. and that was highly cr- courageous of him. That was a few months ago. Um, Shelley Wright, of course, is a few other women who are, but there are some some big ones. And I'm I'm not here to out anybody, and I would never do that. But I know why they don't. I understand why they don't because it's terrifying to think that you will instantly drop off the radar that such a, a big part of your fan base will disappear because they don't understand it right. but it breaks my heart to say and think that because it would be life-saving if some of these people particularly the men were to step up and say yes this is who i love so what and now here's my 50 greatest hits that you've been listening to over the last 20 years right right who cares right uh it's so it's frustrating to not see it happen, but I also understand why it doesn't happen. But someday, someday, as Carl Nassib said in his statement, I look forward to the day where nobody makes coming out announcements because they don't have to. You know? Yeah, right. Well, here in Seattle, um, we well, in this industry, in radio, that's been an area with because sometimes there is a type of talk that goes mm-hmm. not always, but so it's it's not accepted. And so I was working with a man who had been a big time anchor in Seattle. He'd come to do some part time work with us and ends up he had um, died by suicide, which was heart rendering. This man was so beautiful. He was just such a, a he was just such an amazing person. And we, because of, so I worked at Metro, so we, you know, reached out to all the stations. And so we went to, a bunch of us went to the station where he had worked, and they had a little impromptu thing for him. And one of the young up-and-coming anchors, who is now a big-time news person in Seattle, said he was such an example to me. Because I thought, oh, my goodness, gay men can be in the media. He said he was wow. he was my mentor. And he said, I'm heartbroken of what he must have been going through to, you know, end his life. But he said it has given me great hope. And I've always remembered that because that's bittersweet. It is. 
we we definitely build on the generation before us, whether it's literal literally generation of of age span or or just you know generation within the levels of of the people that we know. But it is it's really sad to think of the suffering that he or anyone would have had to gone through so that myself or your friend that you're talking about mm-hmm. could achieve that level. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a, is a time in, in what I do where, what am I talking about? I wasn't out when I worked in Savannah, Georgia. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, 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 I was about to say, I'm sure there was a time when I couldn't have been out. Yeah. I can tell you where that time was. It was three years ago where I was doing the exact same job with the literally exact same people. But because I was in a different part of the country in a different zip code, I wasn't out. And I, I, I agreed to it because I, I understood what the stakes were, but the irony is it's such a small town that my partner and I would go out, you know, furniture shopping together and everybody knows everybody and all the people I ran into knew I was and knew who she was. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow in the great wide world of radio land, it couldn't, it couldn't be known, you know? And the, honestly, the only time it really bothered me was when they had a gay pride parade and they asked one of the DJs from one of our sister stations, who's not gay, who's a great, great lady, but she's not gay. And they asked her to ride in the uh, company vehicle to to represent our radio stations. And I'm like, hello, actual gay person over here. <laughs> you know? But uh, nope, couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. So that's the only time I was like, oh, come on, man, really? Oh. Um, then I got out of here to Seattle and it was like, boom, like, first day and it wasn't some big pronouncement mm-hmm. i just happened to drop my wife and i did something and it just like went right by everybody and believe me my heart was beating when that moment came and passed but mm-hmm. it's it's a weird feeling it, it, it's a great feeling to not have to worry about it anymore and it happens more often than you think there there, there are more people in entertainment that are uh it uh, on, on some spectrum of lbg lbgtq um than you might imagine yeah yeah. And and I think it's starting to cross the barriers of, like you said, country music, football, those mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. have typically been like, uh, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Football. What's interesting about football is and I've heard this from from people is that it attracts, you know, uh, there's there are quite a few gay players because what sport would more prove that you're not gay? <laughs> right? right. Like if you're if you're 15 years old and you're questioning, well, I'll go out for football. Nobody would ever suspect me if I'm out there beating the crap out of other guys and winning, like being the best at beating the crap out of other guys. You know, exactly. Uh, it's interesting that both Carl Nassib and um, Michael Sam, who was the, the young gay man I was telling about the first to be drafted, are both defensive players. Their their job is to beat the crap out of people. So uh, I don't there's no coincidence there. Interesting. I think we've come a long way, but we still have so far to go. We do. Now, here's an, another another interesting, this isn't exactly a gay thing, but it, it's in, in line with it. Did you see the Victoria's Secret announcement over the last couple of weeks about how they're rebranding? I heard something. I, it's not coming to me. So Victoria's Secret realized in the last year or two, especially when the Me Too movement started, that they are completely out of touch with reality of women. Yeah. And that, you know, they, they finally admitted what we all knew is, which is that the Victoria's Secret catalog and the, and the fashion show are for men. Therefore, men to fantasize about what women should look like. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but some of these women, and these are beautiful women. I don't want to take anything away from these absolutely gorgeous women, 
but when you hold them up as the only way you're ever going to be successful and get get a man is to look like that it is incredibly damaging to women who don't look like that especially young girls who don't look like that exactly and they got new management and they've got new promotional and marketing and they really had a what they call a reckoning and they're changing their name to i think it's called vs collective and um they have invited women from all over the world women who are gay women of different body shapes and styles to try to uh incorporate and expand they're still going to sell sexy lingerie but what they're doing is they're they're trying to redefine what they think sexy is hmm. and it's just it's magical and one of the people that they've chosen to be one of their repre- representatives is Megan Rapino and even Megan Rapino said now for those of you who don't know Megan Rapino is a she's a, a soccer player she's like a, a you know um, Olympian and, and world champion soccer player for the US women's national team uh, for the women's uh, soccer league she plays in Seattle or was playing in Seattle now it's Tacoma I think uh, she's married to Sue Bird who's the basketball player star of the Seattle Storm but Megan Rapino has become an activist for equality in women's pay in soccer you know going back you know 30 years and showing that the women's national soccer team is infinitely more successful than the men's but they don't make even like like a third of what the men make in terms of any of the payment or prize money right. and so she's been after equality in the workplace for for years but she's also got purple hair and every once in a while she'll like you know get into a tussle with the president of the United States not the current one but the former one and all that kind of stuff and when Victoria Secret came to her and said we want you to work with us she was like why <laughs> like really me and then she she had to like kind of sit with it and talk to them and then she got on board she's like i get it she's like i don't want anyone to think i'm selling out i'm not like oh cool i can make a bunch of money now being a victoria's secret model it's not that at all she said i i was so happy to see that they want as we talked about about carl nasib representation and visibility yeah. so that all women can see themselves and at the end of the day they're in it to make money right it's capitalism in its finest we're going to we're going to cater and pander to every type of woman in the world so that we can sell underwear <laughs> but but fine that's fine because right. you're finally using your product to promote positive body image for women of all shapes and sizes and colors exactly yeah and it's about time and you know i think that Part of it is like you you said the word earlier, our generations, you know, how you come up. And it's it's just goes to show that we learn things, we say things we don't even sometimes realize or know we're saying. And so it's number one, being willing to take a look at that if somebody calls you out and not be defensive, you know, but to also pay attention to our language. I mean, one of the things when I was growing up, people were always if they didn't want to pay you any money, they were Jews. How awful right? is that? You know, mm-hmm. and it's like uh, that didn't occur to me at all. Right. Or or to be gypped. That's another yeah. one. I grew up using that phrase when you cheat somebody somebody out of something you you're gypping them and I had no idea that that was derogatory. It's terrible. Right. Now I look back on it and I'm like I can't believe I said that, but yeah. <laughs> we didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. It's generational. Yeah. So, we're learning. Hopefully, we're all learning and we're all getting better. I did an interview with a very nice gentleman named Warren, and he works with Lifelong, and they've been doing a lot of the AIDS work, HIV, and it's 40 years since HIV came into this country. And, you know, a lot of the things they did set the precedence for uh, the 
COVID pandemic. For instance, a lot of people say they have never done vaccines like this. They have never not tested them. Yeah, they did. They did with AIDS because if you got if you had HIV and you got AIDS, you died. So they they just let him do the shot. So that did set the precedence for, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of things. And we talked about stigma and he said this newer generation hasn't heard anything about it. So they don't know, you know, and like because our generation talked about it. It was on TV. It was, you know, as as we're learning and TV's telling the stories, they're trying to, you know, take care of some of the stigma in that. But he teaches a class at um, a community college and he said that they still think you get transmitted by touching stuff. But they don't even know because it's not been a big deal. So it was just interesting to me that, you know, when that came out, it was such a thing and so much, just so much around it, you know, and yet it set the precedence for a lot of the things that happened with COVID. It's interesting. I, I didn't realize it till you said it, that it's not something I think about anymore, which is terrible because it still exists. But it was when it happened and when we, we as a country and a world slowly came to the realization of what it was and, and, and how it was moving and, and to whom and where it was moving. It was everything. I mean, it was all consuming. It didn't, it didn't shut down our economy and our world the way that COVID did because it didn't transmit so rapidly. Right. Exactly. Um, But it still was really like overwhelming at the Mm -hmm. time. It definitely changed behavior of a lot of people for that time period anyway. Right. Um, but I, it's funny, you're right. I don't think, I mean, that was something we thought about on a day-to-day basis. And now we don't think about it on a day-to-day basis anymore. But yeah, of course, I mean, many, many medical strides were made, not just in, in, in the laboratory, but in, you know, behaviorally, mm-hmm. you know, um, learning about, about what is and isn't, you know, the, the panic. Every time there's, there's some kind of disease, the panic just Right. It's so infuriating, whether it's like, oh, Ebola or, or whatever, you know, um, I can remember right around we had like three or four in a row. Like we had what was it like a swine flu and then the West Nile virus and then the one that was going on when the last Olympics were going on, which I can't remember the name of it right uh-huh. now. And then there was another Ebola scare. And I remember because uh, I was living in, in Georgia at the time and um, the major port, it's like the second biggest port on the East Coast. And there was a container ship that was out and they wouldn't let it come in because it had come from West Africa and they wanted Mm. to make sure that there was no one with Ebola on it. And I'm like, ships have been coming here from West Africa for 40 years. (laughs) Why are you? Because somebody on the news was wearing a hazmat suit over in Oklahoma. You're suddenly afraid to let the commerce continue you know it, it's like we we get into these the media we the media whatever yeah and then people get into this panic mode about things it's like no 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 we've learned a lot we've learned a lot about how diseases move how they don't move how you can avoid them how you can contract them um and i agree with you a lot of that is 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 thanks to the people who are at the forefront of aids uh pre- prevention and research mm-hmm. um that said i'm interested to know what warren how are things now? He said there's now a pill. It's called PrEP. So if you are a vulnerable community that could get AIDS or if you have HIV and are trying not to get AIDS, there's a pill now you can take. And he said he is so excited because he feels like there is an end. There's going to be an end wow. and a cure for HIV. And I said, wait a minute, you won't have a job. And he said, that's awesome. 
<laughs> That's awesome. So I thought that was great. So, and also, you know, think about this in about 50 years, you know, people are probably going to be like this. They're going to be called. Did they not know how to wash their hands? <laughs> right. 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 And we're yeah. going to be like, um, yeah, but they're going to think we were just like barbaric. Right. We were like, a, like we do the, you know, the caveman marries a woman by clubbing her on the head and dragging her by exactly. the hair to the cave. They're going to think that's how we were. Those those people in 2020, yeah. they didn't even wash their hands. They had, they had to teach them how to wash their hands. <laughs> I The other day I was introduced to somebody and we shook hands and I realized it was the first time I had done that. And I had a moment too of like, I think... I think we both did. I think we both hesitated, but we did it anyway, mm. you know? And it's like, I kind of got used to the elbow bump uh, and I, I sort of forgot about handshaking, but I'm like, you know what? I wash my hands all the time now. I'm vaccinated. This person's vaccinated. What could possibly go wrong? Right. You know, uh, but it was a weird, it was a weird yeah. moment. Yeah. I, I had a moment like that. Gosh, I don't even remember where it was, but I started walking forward. I'm like, oh, do you shake hands? They're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess I better check. So, and then we had a big picnic here at work, which was amazing. We have in our drive around, turn around driveway, whatever circular, there's like these kind of cement walls and you can stand on either side of them and they're about, you know, chest high. So everybody was on either side of the walls and they put their lunch down and everyone was visiting. And I don't know if you knew Alex before you left the new engineer. Sure. Well, he shaved. He's been, you know, growing his beard out. He shaved. Nobody recognized him. And then was like, who's that? And I was, Alex. They go, no, it's not. No, really. Who is that? So, but, you know, here's the thing, Claire. I came into my little studio. I sat down. You know, I come in. I sit down. Always when I sit down, I, I just say a quick prayer of gratitude for my job. Because yes. not only am I grateful, I love my job. But I turned up the music. I mean, I get to listen to music all day, every day. But I turned it up. And I just felt so much joy being around people again. It just, oh, it was so amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Was this like an, I was just curious, was this like an official welcome everybody back picnic? Or was it just one of those things where everybody was like, oh, let's go outside and sit together? You know, it, like it how was, did it go? It was a welcome back and they hired a food truck and bought us oh, all okay. lunch. So it was just really nice. And, um, and so, is it fully back now? Or is everybody really back? Not everybody, but a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting, a lot of the people are like, you know how I think we talked about this. People with partners were kind of like, oh, I'm sick of my partner. So now a lot of them are like, but I still want to work at home. And this week I've been working. I haven't seen my husband at all. We're just handing wow. off the kid and they don't like it. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that, yeah. that it really is. People have rediscovered their families. <laughs> yes. And how important time with them is. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm of two minds. I miss people. I really do. I, I. I. look forward to a day where I. Where I see other people, but also, man, I love my commute, <laughs> which is about eight feet. Right. You know, uh -huh. and there's a kitchen right there, and and it's and my animals are here, and sometimes that's difficult, but mm -hmm. sometimes mostly it's fun. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I'm not sure what I would do if I right now. I don't have a choice, but if I were afforded the opportunity. I'm not sure quite yet if I'm if I'm ready to go back only because not because of the virus, just because I'm I'm really digging the me time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it is a different lifestyle. And I imagine if I was working from home, I wouldn't want to start coming back. Yeah. I think I would have developed a whole new routine. Hey, something else I just saw 
uh, was something you posted was about TSA. Yeah. <laughs> so the TSA, the, you know, the people that wand you when you get on a flight, mm-hmm. um, I get these emails from them. I don't know how I got it. I think it's I, just back when I was a news director, I got these emails and then I just still get them. Oh, I thought it was because you became a VIP or whatever, you know, when oh, you get oh, to go I, through quickly. Because I got pre-checked? Yes, no, yes. Uh, <laughs> no, any, anybody, you know, anyone can get pre, anybody who wants to pay $75 can get pre-checked. That's okay. nothing special. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I got these from the, uh, because I was on a mailing list. And apparently now in direct response to the fact that people are getting more passengers are getting more aggressive on airplanes. They're now offering self-defense courses for flight attendants. Wow! I mean, come on, man. And I thought like when I was reading this, I thought, Oh, TSA self-defense. I'm like, Oh, that's good. I'm surprised they didn't have it before because of, you know, terrorism or whatever. Um, No, this is, it says right there in the press release, this is specifically responding to new aggression among passengers so that they can protect themselves from their own customers. I mean, <sighs> really? That's just ridiculous. And I don't think it's mandatory. It sounds like it's just something that they're going to be offering. But um, wow, that's that's where we are now, you know? And like, come on, people, behave yourself. And I don't think this even, I think that alcohol fuels this, but it can't just be alcohol because a lot of planes weren't even serving alcohol, you know, in the last year because of the liquids and the masks and everything. So I don't know. I wish, I kind of wish Anna was here because I think she'd love this this topic because she's always like, you know, I don't. I don't care about the virus. I just want, you know, I don't want to touch the armrest or we're going to fight over the armrest. And apparently that's like really a thing. People yeah. really fight about that and a thousand other things. Yeah, they had to uh, take uh, take a land a flight because of that. Yeah. Oh, I would be so mad if I missed a connection oh. or my flight delayed because two idiots were yeah. fighting. And think oh. about this. Anyone who has trauma. OK, you're in an airplane you have PTSD and some people start yelling and fighting in those closed conditions. Oh, my goodness. Yes. That's insanity. Yeah, that would be horrible. Yeah. Have, have people fighting in a tin can. Yeah, no, that's no fun. And there's there's nowhere for them to go. I mean, even if the fl- let's say the flight attendant does no self-defense and, and is able to, like, you know, put down a, 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 a person, where are they going to go? Right. You know? Plus, it's not like you can't put them in the cockpit, can't hide them in the bathroom. I guess you could lock them in the bathroom. Yeah. But Think about this. Most stances, you have to have your legs apart. I mean, you can't even do that right. in the aisle. <laughs> right. That's such a good point. Maybe you right. just she... you grab their finger and bend it backwards. <laughs> right, right. And flights, I'm assuming flights still have air marshals. Like, I think those, oh, you know, yeah. don't they? Don't but they not every flight. Who... I think that it's pretty random. Is it? Okay. I guess if you're just if you are law enforcement, you identify yourself and then you can you can be an air marshal. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. It's not like they all have them. Yeah. Um, but I think <laughs> it's just the, the worst. And there's nothing you can do. You can't screen for. Yeah. I <laughs> you know, right. I mean, well, there's no like there's no wand that goes over you that says, oh, you're going to be a troublemaker. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was listening to a guy the other day. He had his doctorate. So he's called doctor. And he said, you know, he goes, I travel a lot and I'm on planes. And whenever, you know, you sign in, it's, you know, doctor. And so something happens and they're like, is there a doctor in the house? And they're like, you, sir, you signed in as a doctor. He goes like, yeah, of English. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, sew her up. <laughs> oh, Sophocles would say that this, you should do CPR. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, it's funny when you said they have to identify as a policeman or a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I, I do find myself when I when I get on planes, this is I'll be drummed on a fe- feminism for this, but uh, mm-hmm. especially, you know, after 9-11 of looking around and finding like the biggest guy and thinking, OK, if it hits the fan, I'm standing behind that guy. You know, <laughs> like, oh, he looks like he's capable of pulling out the door in the exit row and getting getting us down the slide. Like, you know, I always look for who, who the savior is in the crowd. That's, I probably shouldn't do that because, A, I'm capable and I could probably be a savior if I had to. And B, just because you're big and brawny doesn't mean you're brave. <laughs> you can, you, the skinny guy could be brave, too. <laughs> and when you think about what happens when adrenaline kicks up. Right. You could like move a car. So, yeah, I often wonder about myself when you're seated in an exit row and they say it's your responsibility to open this door. Yeah. Would I be able to open the door? Like I'm willing and eight to do it, but you have to follow, you have to like move the lever and pull the handle. And I often wonder in those situations, like, would I actually be able to do it? Yeah. I've wondered that because I've sat there. I hope I never have to find out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, You're in Oregon, and I'm here in Washington, and we're looking at a very hot weekend. Are you? Ooh, yeah. They're telling us right now 113 on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And my sister cannot stand the heat, so she went to the local uh, hardware store. No uh, fans left and no air conditioners left. So she was going to all the, you know, all the hardware stores and, and other people were too. They're like, oh man, I hope they have one left. And so they're like flying off the shelves. What is she going to do? That's dangerous. Well, I she mean, literally dangerous. Yeah. She was able to get some, plus she has a pool out in her yard, a, a top of ground pool. But yeah. the thing I want to talk about is sometimes people forget about their animals. If you leave a dog in the car, even with the windows rolled down, it's still too hot. And if you only give them water now and then, you really have to leave water out all day for them. Especially these next couple of days. Exactly. And this is what I saw today. And I I mean, I don't have a dog right now at home. It's the first time I don't have animals. But there's a sign up, and I don't know where it is. I'm imagining it's Snohomish where this person lives. It's a sign that says hot asphalt and then it shows the air and then the asphalt. So if it's 77 degrees in the air, the asphalt is 125 degrees. If it's Mm. 87, it's 143. And it says at 125, skin destruction can occur within 60 seconds. So always check the asphalt before you walk your dog. Yes, I saw a similar sign to what you're talking about. And, you know, it's like if it's too hot for your feet, it's it's too hot for theirs. Yeah. And those those little pads will burn. Honestly, I'm not we're not even going to walk them for the next few days. We're just not going to do it. Um, I am fortunate. I know not everyone has that position because we're fortunate we have a backyard um, and a pool. We have a, we have a kiddie pool <laughs> that we'll have for the dogs. I love it. Uh, to be ready for the next few days. And they, they like that. Yeah. If you if you are a person who is if you're an apartment or you're, you don't have a yard, and you have to walk your dogs that you literally can get little shoes. You can get little booties for your dogs. Uh, pretty much every pet store has them. You can go oh. get them right now if you want to or you can Amazon them over. You think that's going to be protective of not enough in this kind I, of heat? I think you can get them protective enough. I, I okay. you know, you can probably get cheap ones that may not be as good. But yeah, I, you, you can get them. I know my brother has them for his dog. 
Uh, well, his dog has passed away, but he had them because he lived in New York and it was actually more for ice and snow. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't want the salt getting in his pads, but also on the days when it was sweltering hot, he would he would put them on for the heat. Now, he his were leather, I think. So, uh, you know, it, it depends on what you get. But I know such a thing exists uh, to protect them because some dogs really do, do have to be walked. There's no other solution for that. Yeah. Okay. We've been planning um, what to do in case of a power outage because I'm concerned that the grid might go down here if, you know, when, especially, you know, Saturday and a Sunday. So I think, I think Saturday's only going to be 108, whereas Sunday is <laughs> going to be 113. So right. tomorrow's our nice, nice cool day. But we were concerned that, that the power could go out. So I have a whole bunch, and I have to work tomorrow, a whole, whole bunch of those little charger things that oh. people always give you as a gift. I have like 10 of them. So I'm charging all of them up today uh, so that they'll be ready to go. But um, one of the people I live with had this brilliant idea. He went out and bought a bunch of bags of ice and stuck them in the in the freezer. They have an extra freezer here. And he put those there for the animals so that if the power goes out and it gets really hot in the house, we will always have like a nice, cool little water for them or they, they oh. like to just play with the ice cubes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what a great idea, you know. But yeah, definitely no cars. Don't take the dogs anywhere this weekend if you have to leave them in the car, even for a few minutes or yeah. or, or your children for that. Right. Yeah. Right. Don't yeah. leave your human children in the car either, mm-hmm. um, because it is going to be really unreal for people. I don't think people here have any idea what that temperature feels like. I have a taste of it from having lived in the South, but um but even that was a humid heat. This is going to be dry and it's, I, I believe it's going to be dry and it's, it, this could be a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. And also um, drink lots of water because for instance, my daughter lives in California and they drink lots of water because they know they have to stay hydrated. But here we don't because we don't think about it. And so mm-hmm. if you start to feel yourself getting a headache, drink water just drink as much water not too much but as much as you can to keep your body hydrated uh, especially you know when something like this is going on and don't wait till it starts don't wait till it's hot like drink yeah. it today exactly start, <laughs> plan ahead yeah. start ahead yeah so um it's it's interesting to me um because a lot of people are just really talking about it i i don't mind getting hot i don't want to be cold but i really don't mind getting hot um, huh. so yeah, um, I'm weird that way. Do you have AC in your house though? Oh no, <laughs> no, you don't. Uh-uh. No, I have a fan. Wow. I have a big box fan. I just drag well, it around wherever I am. <laughs> well, your wish to ha- be, have it be hot is about to come true. Yeah. <laughs> you, know about the, uh, you know, you can make a little air conditioner with ice and a, and a fa- box fan. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Uh, I haven't done it, but I've heard. Yeah. Like a yeah. swamp cooler almost. Yeah. Yeah. The, the good thing here is at least it's going to get cool at night, right? Like in Savannah, when it was 100 during the day, it was still like 90 at night, <laughs> right? So apparently here, it's going to be 70 at night. Yeah, see, that's really nice tonight. So Saturday, 106 and at night, 66. Oh, now Sunday's 115. Oh. Um, but at night, 70 degrees. So that's, I mean, that's interesting. You're talking about a 40 degree swing, but, you know, at least it will it will cool everything off. So, yeah. you know, maybe you can open, you know, keep everything closed during the day, but open everything up at night and try to balance yeah. it and get some of that cool air in. It says historic heat wave to bake Pacific Northwest, Seattle and Portland. And then it mm. says Pacific Northwest heat wave. Seattle will be hotter than Miami. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. But again, not humid. It's very different. Yeah. True. People, people joke about that. Oh, it's a dry heat. It really does make a difference. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't explain it, but, but I think I would rather be in 100 degree dry heat than yes. nine, 90 degree humid heat. Right. Cause you just melt awesome. your hair sticks mm-hmm. to your face and mm-hmm. the, the air feels heavy. So, well, you know, it's almost time for us to wrap up, but I don't know if you heard about this. Black police officers are suing the University of Washington, claiming racist harassment. These black policemen are campus police for the University of Washington. There's five of them, and they're follow, filing a lawsuit alleging that Seattle's campus police department fostered a racist work environment that oh. made conditions unbearable. You know, we think... This is specifically UW? Yep. And we think that we're pretty evolved on this over here in the Pacific Northwest, but apparently we're not. And it it's actually heartbreaking. Listen to this. Another officer told the time she sometimes found bananas placed outside her work locker, once with a note that called her a monkey. You are kidding me. Racial slurs. It's the police say, Seattle police say they were unaware that there were any um, issues, but a lot of racial slurs, um, just very degrading things. And they did say that they, that the leadership knew about the malicious harassment, but refused to intervene. And some even say they claim, even claim they took part in it. Wow. And this is all within the organization. This is not, this is not being out on campus among students or faculty. You're talking about within the police organization exactly, itself. Exactly. And you know, our chief of police is a black woman. Oh, no, she was. She resigned. Well, yeah. But you would think that you would see that and you would just, wouldn't we just assume that they were more evolved than that? Yes. And again, I wish uh, Anna was here for this because... Oh, this look at this. He this one recalls the situation where a senior officer offered him a watermelon flavored energy drink and oh in, invoked a tired racial stereotype oh. saying, I thought all you guys like watermelon and Popeye's chicken. Oh, right. How, how is this possible? I, just, uh, I know. I just don't get it. It's appalling. And this is the thing. And you've said this before, like with the football, it's time to stand up. If you're in an environment and somebody's doing that and you're just nearby or whatever, we have to do something when we see something, you know, and like you said, if I'm in the emergency seat, could I open the door? You know, people, if you would have asked people before Auschwitz, if they thought they could handle a concentration camp, they'd be... Mm -hmm. Hell to the no, right? right? We do what we have to, and we have to step up. We have to rise up, and we have to protect our communities. It, that's amazing. You do. You 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 have to step up. I, I just like this leaving a banana outside the locker. Can it's you? so kindergarten, different. first grade. It, exactly. I was going to say immature. Yeah. It is. It, it if that is how you handle your problem, you have no business being someone who is in charge of, of life or death. Yeah. You just don't. And I don't care what job you're in. Exactly. Fire or whatever. You you have no business being in that job. Yeah. Um and it's just infuriating that that we are still dealing with this in this day and age. Yes, but it's across the board. It's victims of sexual harassment, racial harassment, um, gender harassment. 
and it's still there. And when people decide, I'm not going to believe the victim, I'm going to reblame the victim, we are only hurting our company, our organization, and our community. And it's time to open our eyes and look at people and believe what people are saying. I always say, if somebody tells you in any of these categories something's going on, believe them. So what a note to end on. We usually end on something funny, but... Oh, I do have something funny. So I'm not on the board, but I'm a consultant to the board of a recovery program. And so we are on a text um, stream, all of us, all 10 of us. And so the person that's doing a lot of the work was like, I did this and I did that. And we're getting these people on board and we're all like, yay, clapping our hands. And so I thought I was busy at work. I just got my phone and went heart, 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 four hearts and hit send. And so I finished up what I was doing. I looked at my phone, heart, 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 poop. (laughs) I did a poop emoji. I turned eight shades of red. I started laughing out of control. I text the, you know, the leader and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so, that's so unprofessional. And he says, well, I think heart, 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 poop is a thing now. (laughs) Yes, you have. I love it so much. I pooped. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm guessing that that was one. That must be an emoji you use frequently that you were in your frequent emojis and that you just. (laughs) No, I always want to use it and I never get to. But I had done a post because my daughter-in-law and I do another podcast about health. And we talk about she always says, why don't people talk about poop? We need to talk about pooping. People have to poop every day. And so I had texted her poop. So it was right next to the heart. (laughs) So Lori, I want you to know that I poop you. (laughs) (laughs) I poop you too. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, this is Listen and Learn or Or not. Not or poop.